Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Stories Podcast. We are on episode four, which is so exciting, so crazy. Um, And I did this, one of those Q&A things on Instagram. So I'm going to be honest and not even try to act um, like I'm cooler than I am. I've been dying to do one of those. I (laughs) I think it's so interesting. I actually, whenever people do them, so like if you've been thinking about doing one, this is your sign too. Whenever people do them, whether I know them or they're, you know, famous on social media or whatever it might be, I always read through every single answer because I think it's such an interesting way to get to know people um, and to get to I've just noticed a lot of times the questions are like, how are you feeling at this point? What were you doing at this point in your life? Things like that. And the honesty and the answers are so shocking to me usually, um, especially for people that are just really successful kind of in their own way when they do that Q&A and to see them, you know, maybe post a photo and say, this time was actually really difficult in my life. Um, or this is when I decided to start doing this with my life, things like that. Um, so I was really excited to do it and it was so much fun. And a question that came up a couple of times, is like, when is the next episode coming out? Which I think is a totally reasonable question. I didn't answer it because I didn't know, um, in full transparency, but I do want to say that what I've been doing with this season of the podcast, instead of just pushing information out is kind of what I felt like I was doing last season, which was a really fun way of doing it. Um, Instead of doing that though, this time around, I am just being patient with myself and with the creative process and understanding um, that there are so many things going on in life. And it's important for me to be fully present in those, but also keeping in mind that this doing this podcast and the reason I have this podcast is because it is something I create that is life-giving um, for myself if, if, or if for nothing else. I'm hoping that it's that way for you too. Um, and if it is, then it's all the more reason to, to put the time and the work into it. But I've realized that for it to be really good and for me to be proud of the episodes and not listen back to be like, oh my gosh, what was I even talking about? I have to take my time um, right now just because um, of the way there's like the technical things, right? Like scheduling and things like that. But there's also just the emotional investment that I want to have in every episode. And I want to put out an episode when I have something to say. Um, And luckily, I never run out of having stuff to say. (laughs) That's my personality. People that know me really well know that I never shut up and I'm always thinking about something. And I'm always like, you know, going through a season that I have to to brand everybody with and, and pull that out of them too. So um, I, it's not, in no way means that I see this stopping anytime soon. I actually hope that this can be something that I do um, forever, ever, but I am being gracious with myself and letting the creative, the creativity and thoughts and the words come to me honestly, instead of, you know, pulling different things from the back of my brain every week. So um, I know that that is not consistent. And y'all, that is against the grain for me. Like I literally play the same podcast every single weekday before my toes hit the ground. Like I am about schedule, routine, like the way I put on my eye cream is very specific in the mornings, like really serious about it. So know that it, it keeps me up at night and it's really hard for me to, to not just kind of ignore that side and just put stuff out every single week. Like I'd like to, but I think that there's more honesty to the episodes when I don't, and I've listened to, to, you know, it, an episode where I pushed information versus an episode that was completely natural, um, excluding guest episodes, because those are obviously my favorite. Um, and, and always, always really natural and 
and planned for, which is, which is nice, but um, you know, the, that burden of bringing information to the table is kind of shared. And so doing it, doing these episodes on my own, I want to make sure that when I bring to the table is worthwhile. Um, and, and sometimes it really is. And sometimes I honestly don't, don't have anything to say yet. I'm not, I'm not there yet. So thank you for your patience, all of that to say. Um, and I'm really excited to jump into today's episode. And before we jump in, though, I want to talk a little bit about an organization that um, I've recently been introduced to. So basically, the way that I, I found this organization is a friend of mine that I met the first time, I think it was the first time, yeah, that I entered, interned in D.C., um, I met this girl and I, I remember when I was interning, I was unbelievably young. Like, I think I was 19. Um, and most of the time Hill interns are um, not 19. Everybody was about to graduate from college or things like that. Um, and so I remember all of my, you know, friends during that summer were all older than me um, and they were all really cool and they would go for happy hour after work and I couldn't go or I'd like go and get a Diet Coke, like that kind of situation. Um, and anyways, one of the women that I met during that period, she is so brilliant um, and was doing Teach for America. It was the first time I heard for Teach for America, um, or that's what she was applying to. And then, so she just wrapped that up and now she is in law school. And so I was able to touch back base with her. She reached out to talk about an organization, a nonprofit that she is, um, you know, one of the main founders of, it's called Dear Future Colleague. And this organization seeks to address inequity by providing guidance to underrepresented students applying to law school and competitive academic scholarships. So the way that this organization came to be is that it was it was post summer of just emotional racial trauma, uh, basically for uh, for a lot of people. And these these law students were like, okay, we want to do something. We want to put you know power to the pavement. Like instead of just posting, you know, this post or resharing the story, we want to actually do something. What can we do? Um, and so they formed this organization to help, you know, to, to start at the, the base of it, which truly is education. Um, and them also understanding all the barriers and how difficult it is. And for anyone that's in law school right now or has gone to law school that listens to this, I know you know how difficult it is to go through the application process, to know how to get scholarships, to know if you even qualify for scholarships. And there aren't that many people helping underrepresented minority students do this. And so these, these law students kind of went into this, I think it's this group of, of just like a lot of different law, law schools, um, a Facebook group around the United States. And they said, hey, we're starting this organization. We need mentors. If you're interested, please let us know. Um, and it, they've just grown beautifully. Um, and so as of right now, um, and this is great for people too, if you're thinking about going to law school and you're listening to this, please reach out to this organization um, and sign up to get a mentor so that you can get help through doing it. But for some of my, my people that are listening to this, if you're in law school and you would like to be a mentor or help them, let me know um, or go ahead and go to their Instagram. Once again, it's Dear Future Colleague. And again, go through that application process. If you would like me to connect you with my friend who works with them um, and is one of those founding members, let me know. I'm happy to do that as well. Um, and, and she can probably talk about it way better than I can. But basically, I think it's an incredible organization that's really important and really needed. Um, and whether like there are three of you listening to this episode right now, or 300 of you listening to this episode, um, or 3000 or whatever, I love that I have the opportunity to share that with you. Um, or if you know someone you should share it with, I hope that it will kind of that it can grow in that way. 
Um, and I'm also going to be linking it on my Instagram story later after I post this episode. So um, totally fine if you miss the name. But once again, it's Dear Future Colleague. Um, and they address inequity by providing underrepresented students with guidance through the law school application process and scholarship process. <sighs> awesome. Okay, so now jumping into the meat of the episode, I guess. I don't know. I feel like that was actually that was kind of interesting, I think. Um, and this episode was really inspired by, honestly, a really long car ride that I was in. Um, or that I was, I was, you know, I was driving from Alabama back to DC and that has just for me been to share a little bit about, about my life right now, I guess, as if I don't do that 24 seven, um, that was, so the drive back and forth from DC to Alabama is very emotional for me because the first time I did the drive was right out, right after I graduated from college in 2019. And my dad was trailing me with a U-Haul and I drove, I mean, y'all, maybe two weeks after graduation to DC. Like I was so excited to start my life. Like I've always wanted to live in DC. This job was my dream job. The people, I mean, it was just the perfect setup. I got to live with one of my best friends. And then I also got to live with these other girls over the summer before she got there that I was so excited to get to know. And I was just, I was ready. And so that was so there was so much excitement in that drive. I cried a little bit, like leaving Huntsville, Alabama, which is where I'm from, um, just because, I, you know, that the last hug with mom before you do that is just, I mean, so hard. Um, I really actually didn't let her go for a minute. Um, and so I was a little bit sad at first, but then that really subsided and knowing that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It felt like I'd made it in some way. It felt like all the hard work and all the tears and all the failed tests and all the A tests and all the, the, you know, really high points, all the low points, all of the friends, all of the family, it was all coming together. And I was doing the thing that I always wanted to do, which was get a job and be self-sufficient and be in my dream city. And so it was a really an incredible feeling. And, and all of those things happened, right? Like I got to DC, I formed these incredible friendships with the most wonderful people. I grew deeper friendships with people I already knew. Um, I met people that are in my life right now, like to this day, spoke with speaking with them today, um, who are going to be in my life forever. And so it was a really incredible first year, first experience, um, or half of a year. And then COVID happened. And so I went home for a period of time. And that felt totally weird, but also everyone was doing it. So it, I didn't really feel like I was missing anything because it was a pandemic and that, and it is a pandemic. And that is way more important than my, you know, my life and like what I was doing because it was impacting everybody. Um, and so did that, went home for a good bit, came back to DC and all of this is done by flying, by the way. Um, and so I, it was long periods of time between when it was actually safe to fly and not. And so I ended up driving back to D back to Alabama the last time I went home because of what happened at the Capitol um, on January 6th. And I was so scared. I was so, my anxiety was raging. And I, it was truly because I was like, I chose this city. Like I knew this was the right city for me. And I'm nervous to walk outside because of the color of my skin and what a person here who hates me because of the way that I look might do to me um, that might be in my city. You know, it's supposed to be my safe space. You know, DC was my, you know, open mindset, diverse heaven. Um, and it was the place I was most scared of. And I was running to Alabama, which is pretty ironic. 
Um, but anyways, I was driving back home for, I didn't even know when I was going to come back to DC at this point. I couldn't get on another plane. I felt so nervous doing that. Um, one, because of a pandemic Two, because for some reason I thought this was real, really when things were crazy. So I was like, what if somebody bombs the plane? I don't know. Um, and so I drove and it was a very emotional experience because it felt very regressive because the last time I made that drive, I was on my way to GC and that was a year, a little bit over a year ago. Um, to when I did it. And so I was just crying half of the way I was calling people to tell them because I, I, you know, I just, I felt like I needed to let everybody know that my life was burning and (laughs) falling in shambles and everything was awful. um, Because I'm usually pretty bad at sharing things like that. And so I just used that time to share it with people instead of sitting in a car crying for 10 hours by myself. Um, And so I was really grateful for that experience. But I, you know, life is still really confusing, but there were answers. There was definitely a purpose to me going back to Alabama during that time. And clarity did come and calmness came and happiness came. Um, And so when I was on the drive back to DC, which I ended up doing a few weeks ago now, a couple of weeks ago now, I was in, so this is the third drive. If you, if you're still following along, (laughs) this is the third drive. I'm on my way back to DC doing this drive once more. And I've, was just really feeling like, you know what, I'm not really sure. I don't really have a lot of answers for how my life is turning out. And if I'm what I'm doing right now is right, if what I'm doing right now adds up, but also neither does anyone else. And there was a really strong confidence in that um, and in driving back in that way. And so I was listening to Armchair Expert on a drive, on the drive, And Dax Shepard was interviewing Robert Livingston, who is a researcher and a professor at Harvard focusing on racial bias and other race factors. And at one point, he distinguishes between equality and equity by saying equality means that each individual or group of people is given the same resources or opportunities. And equity recognizes that each person has different circumstances and allocates the exact resources and opportunities needed to reach an equal outcome. And I was like, wait, (laughs) I don't know which one I think sounds best. Um, At first, you know, first hearing it, I think, you know, I like the idea of everyone getting the same thing and having those opportunities in that way. But then I'm thinking more, but what if true success is each person getting what they need to succeed based on external circumstances that actually maybe can't be controlled? And so, of course, I, I decided to pull this and, and make it apply to, to my, my season of life, which is so extreme right now. And, you know, it was really difficult to choose, but I really, I, the more I think about it, I lean more towards equity. So that's why the name of this episode is thinking through, you know, equity versus equality. But what I want to talk about is how equity might actually apply to more, you know, th- thinking bigger than even though this is so important and such such an important thing, thinking bigger than you know racial injustices um, and systematic regression or systematic oppression, um, thinking more so how does this apply specifically to your life, and then maybe it would be easier to understand what people mean when they say students are not all given the same opportunities uh, based on zip code. Um, you know, looking at Dallas, not all of those houses, or looking at Texas, not all of those houses. Um, you know, lost power for the same periods of time based off of range and based off of region where they're located. 
Um, and at first that for me, some of that is even difficult to understand, but when I start applying things like equity and equality to my life, my specific life, it's easier to understand the discrepancies in that, in the, in the outside world or where that's really being met and what's working. So just, you know, as I was thinking of, I'm comparing ranges in my life. And at some points I just could not be less worried about what others are up to and I'm simply happy everyone is doing their thing, but at other times it's all consuming. All I can think about is what everybody else is up to. And so, you know, I'll look on Instagram and be like, oh gosh, their life looks so fun right now. Did they lose weight? Wow, they're already engaged. I wonder how they went from casually dating to creating a family. You know, oh my gosh, her job looks so great. How in the world did she get that? Um, and, you know, the list of invasive and ridiculous questions can go on and on depending on the circumstances I find my life settled into at the time. So I found that when I'm really happy, um, and when I feel really settled and, and if I'm in a moment of joy or with someone I really care about, I'm not, I'm not worried about what, you know, whoever is doing, I'm happy for them. But if I'm, you know, kind of the opposite, if I'm, you know, sitting in my room, really wondering what I'm doing with my life, and I happen to check Instagram to get my mind off of it, I'm suddenly comparing my stage of life to the beautiful couple that just bought their first home. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm still paying rent. <laughs> so, uh, you know, obviously, there's, there's highs and lows to both ends, but each person has different circumstances and allocates the exact resources and opportunities needed to reach an equal outcome. So I wonder if the world and the creator views us in that same way, right? So aside from the policy and the technical implications, what if equal outcome meant reason for life? And I wonder more so about the fact that we have what we need for our current circumstance. And I, once again, I'm not speaking technically, I'm speaking emotionally, what you've been given your life experiences. I, you know, I wonder if we have what we need for where we're supposed to be and we'll continue to receive at different time frames with different tools to reach our own purpose. Because I think a lot of our life is built up kind of like a track race, right? And we're all on the same path. We're all on the same course, starting at grade school, right? And then, you know, you hit college and you might see a few people fall off and kind of do something kind of crazy. But for a majority of that, you're still on the same path. And then all of a sudden you graduate and you know, all of a sudden people stop running or it seems like they stop running, but maybe they're just running in a different direction. Right. Or some people all of a sudden really take off and like leave you in the dust. Like they are hitting it. They really, they're reaching success in your eyes. Um, and then some people take a right turn or a left turn, which is success for them. And it's probably success for you at some point. That's just not exactly how your life is getting there. Um, and then thinking through, are you even the one that's running straight? It's, it's it, and that is down a rabbit hole, but basically what I'm trying to say is that it's so interesting and a hard pill to swallow that we're not all on the same paths anymore. And I think situations like the one we find ourselves in now with this pandemic is something that a lot of people are starting to understand. And the fact that I, I can't choose my next step based off of what everyone around me is doing or thinks I should do. I really have to do this based off of what makes me happy and where I see my life going. And even if it seems dramatic, or even if it seems not dramatic enough, even if it means living in a new city, that's like just incredible and such a push, or it means moving to a city that you never even planned for, thinking through, you are given I believe the, the opportunities and the circumstances and the experiences that are meant to expand your life at that time. And it is not going to be the same as it is for you as, or as it is for you with your brother or your sister or whoever it might be. And so in thinking of it this way, it makes, it makes the justification behind the fact that comparison is essentially void. 
And even though, and that's not, I'm not saying that comparison is avoidable. That's definitely not what I'm saying, but I'm saying there truly is no joy in it. And there is no buildup in it, no matter if you're comparing yourself to the person that, you know, is living a life that you don't want to live. Maybe, you know, they're not doing as well as you, um, or you feel like you're doing better. Understanding the difference between that um, and how that doesn't make you actually better than them because you're putting your worth into somebody else's misfortune or what might not even be a misfortune. They're just living their life in a different way. And so in viewing life this way, there are even more questions that come with a lot of peace. You know, what is my outcome and is it equal? Do I want it to be? Do I want my outcome to be exactly like my friends who seems like their, their life has turned out pretty good? Like, yeah, I'd like to follow along with that. Um, or does it need to be specific to you? And I think that this is what the season of life has proved to be, which is a season of questions. So while many things seem to be adding up, others throw curveballs in what I thought was a really seamless, gorgeous plan. Um, but for some solace, I think it is okay for the answer to every single one of these questions that I just asked to be, I don't know. Um, I have been answering questions a lot more with that phrase, not in a disrespectful sense. Like, I'm not saying like, oh, I don't know, leave me alone. You know what I mean? I'm truly looking people in their eyes when they ask me what I'm doing. And I say, I don't know. Like, you want to know technically what am I, what am I doing? What do I do on Mondays? What do I do in the afternoons? What am I making for dinner? Those questions I can answer. Where is my life headed? I really don't know. I've got these plans. I've got these backup plans. I've got backup plans to the backup plans, but at the end of the day, the way I've seen my world rock this year, last year, the year before that, there really is, is no way to know. And it's funny, I think that no matter how crazy life has gotten, I still, in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, well, at least let me plan this out. You know, let me get this. And so <laughs> that's definitely a weakness of mine and just a way of my personality. But instead of, you know, even though that might be in my head, instead of projecting my plan onto other people or sharing it with everybody else when I really don't have it, I've been saying, I don't know. And a way of rephasing this that I'm trying to firsthand is saying, you know, let me think about it. You know what I mean? So if somebody asked me a really intense question about where I see myself in five years, what am I going to be doing? I say, honestly, I don't know right now. I'm in the thought process. I'm thinking through it. Let me think about that and I can get back to you later. And not giving a deadline for when the thinking will be done and no promise that the answer will be given to the world or to anyone. But I think that there's a lot of power in answering a question with a request for patience. Um, and I think we all deserve patience with ourselves, with our lives, with our decisions. And I'm saying this to you, but I'm also saying it to me, <laughs> trying, to, trying to act this way and live this way um, in my day-to-day -day life and trying to choose joy every day because it is something that I have to choose sometimes. I don't always wake up with like a huge smile on my face um, or feeling super liberated. I have to really make the, the, you know, the physical choice to like step into my life every day, um, even through this season of confusion. And so I am thankful for all of you. I'm thankful for this podcast. I'm thankful for my life. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my friends, my apartment, everything. Um, because even in the midst of, you know, complete almost turmoil in my brain, I have never been more of a witness to the privilege that I have of, of this really incredible life. Um, and so many people play into that. And it's, it's not by my own doing at all. Um, I think I probably have like 1% to do with, with the way that my life is right now. And so all of that is, is thanks to, in my, in my world, to God and, and to the people that I love. So 
that's how I'm feeling right now. And I think a lot of us are feeling very similarly. If you're listening to this and you're, you're close to my age or, or not at all. Um, I don't think this stops, right? Like I think all, I think I'll probably go through a season of complete confusion in 10 years. I think I'll go through another one in 20 years. I think they're going to keep coming up. And so um, I'll be interested to hear how this applies to your life, right? Like whether you're right where I am, you're two years out of school and suddenly you feel like, what am I doing? Or you feel completely secure in what you're doing and you're wondering if that's okay. Um, or, you know, if you're 10 years older, 20 years older, you've got little kids and you're looking at them and you're like, what are we doing? What are they doing? Am I doing right by them? Um, I hope this can apply to you too. And I hope that I can listen to this later on and think, wow, that's so bizarre that even though my life looked completely different at this point, my mindset was the same. And the fact that plans don't work um, and plans don't come to fruition in the way that you want them to. And our lives are much better for that. So that's what I wanted to share with you guys today. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the stories. I'm really excited about what's to come this season um, and to share other people's stories with you very soon. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And like I said, I'll be posting about the nonprofit organization I was speaking about earlier in the episode. And I can't wait to hear from you a bit more about what you like, about what you wish you could hear from the podcast. Um, I thought about doing an episode that focuses on, so I did an episode a while back where um, it was called Uncomfortable Questions with Bria. And it was so great. It was really exciting and a different way of recording for me in the sense that it was very raw. And, and even though most of, most of what I do is that way, it was, it, I really didn't know what was about to come out of my mouth. Like I really couldn't plan it out and I didn't want to. Um, I wanted it to be a really natural kind of like self interview with other people's help. And so I want to do another episode like that, but that focuses on relationships and dating um, or lack thereof, you know, really whatever, whatever it might lead to. So be on the lookout for that. I'll likely be posting something on the Instagram so that people can send in questions because I, last time I was kind of targeted, I knew who I wanted to ask questions, but um, because I didn't know if people would like the episode, but now that I've seen that it, it did pretty well, I'd love to open that up to all of you. So I'll be sending that in soon, be thinking about questions. Um, and like I always say, nothing is too crazy, y'all. Have an awesome rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening to the stories. And I can't wait to be back with you really, really soon.